Hi, everyone, and welcome to the So My Sister podcast. My name is Sarah. And mine is Taylor. We started the So My Sister podcast because we want to help Christian women thrive in the life that God gave them and to provide uplifting and encouraging content for all of our sisters in Christ. Both learning how to love yourself and glorify God in who you are by diving into the Bible and seeing how it relates to being a Christian woman today. We hope you join us each week as we learn right along with you. So my sisters, let's get started. Hello, my sister, Sarah. Hello, my sister, Taylor. <laughs> How's it going? I know that you need to update us on your Italy trip and like all of the things. We took a little break. So why don't you just start us off? We want to hear literally every single detail. <laughs> if I told you every single detail, we are going to be here all day because I, oh my goodness, Taylor, it was so good. It was so good. Like everybody keeps asking me, how was your trip? And I legitimately tell them it was like a dream. Like all of it was so amazing. There were like a couple hiccups whenever it came to like traveling, like on trains and stuff. But nothing horribly went wrong. Like, we didn't lose luggage or anything like that. Like, it was so good. So, for uh, our sisters that may not know this, Evan and I just celebrated our fifth year anniversary. And we decided to go to Italy for two weeks for our fifth year anniversary. So, we visited Florence, Rome, Sorrento, Salerno, and Naples. And... (sighs) sisters. It was amazing. (laughs) The food there was so good. We ate like pasta and pizza. That's legitimately all we ate. And then just like gelato every day. And the coffee was amazing. The sights were just incredible. Like we would walk around Rome, like maybe walking to a restaurant or walking to like one of the monuments or something like that. But even just walking to like the main attractions, the buildings were beautiful and the statues were beautiful. And there was just like so much to see. And we truly just enjoyed like every single minute. Like I don't feel like I've had that good of a vacation ever. Like it was just so beautiful. It was so much fun. We thoroughly enjoyed it. And I would have to say that people keep asking me like, what was your favorite part? And There was so much that was like my favorite, but we went to Sorrento and I had never heard of Sorrento before and it's like a beach town and we had to like ferry there. And so there was like Mount Vesuvius in the background as we're ferrying up to this beach town and we like go up on a boat and there's just like this huge cliff and the whole town is like built on this cliff and the water is seriously so blue and so Sorrento is like known for its lemons Taylor these lemons were like the size of my face <laughs> they were so big oh my and, gosh <laughs> yes and they were like kind of sweet I don't even know I've never tasted a lemon like this And so they had like lemon slushies and uh, lemon sorbet and lemon gelato and all these things lemon flavored because they're known for their citrus. And so we spent like a whole day there and I legitimately could live there. Like it was just so beautiful and the food was so good and it was right on the water. So the seafood was amazing. Like seriously, one of my favorite places I've ever been. Oh, I'm so glad that you had a good time. I loved living vicariously through you and all the pictures <laughs> you were sending us. Oh, everything did look so beautiful. I also just want to remind our sisters and let our sisters that don't follow us on Instagram know, um, Sarah, how many pairs of shoes did you bring for this two-week-long trip again? <laughs> so... Taylor's over at my house, right? And I'm packing for my two-week trip. And she was amazed at um, how little I was bringing. And I offhandedly mentioned that I was only bringing one pair of shoes. (laughs) Taylor and Blake actually were like, that's a terrible idea. At least bring two. So 
I ended up bringing two pairs of shoes just for them. Um, but yeah, I was only going to bring one pair of shoes. <laughs> I just can't. Also, also, they both packed in a medium-sized suitcase, like not even a large, like the biggest size. You know how like a luggage set usually comes with three, like a large size, a medium size, and then a carry-on. They both packed in a medium size. They shared the medium size and one carry-on, like a backpack and a base mini travel bag. I... I I envy you in that you are able I envy the amount of self-control you have because when Blake and I went to Nashville last year for a long weekend, 3 days, I brought in a full-size suitcase and it was packed to the brim. Like you could not fit another thing in there. Um plus my backpack so you amaze me in the best way possible. Like this is not a slight towards you or Evan yes. whatsoever, but you truly amaze me. Like that is impressive. That is so funny. Like I legitimately didn't think anything of it. And when you were at my house looking at the suitcase, you're like, that's all you're bringing? Like that's it? Just that one bag? <laughs> but like I had... So we used everything we brought. Like we had the amount of outfits that we needed and we both brought a pair of shoes each and I brought an extra because y'all made me. And um, yeah, like we legitimately used every single outfit, everything that we brought. So we packed like very strategically, but also I... I'm kind of glad that nothing bad happened. Like, like I didn't lose a luggage or something like that because I would not have had enough stuff. Like, I brought just enough. <laughs> that is amazing. And you didn't do any shopping while you were there either. So like you didn't buy okay. any clothes. I did actually. So oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes, while we were there, I wasn't planning on it. Um, while we were there. I, I wanted to buy a purse because um, Evan wanted to buy me a purse for my birthday this year, and I couldn't quite find one that I liked, and so he was like, just wait until we go to Italy. They have that Italian leather and all that good stuff, and so I ended up buying a purse while I was there, and then I bought a shirt and two dresses. Oh, lovely. So. There you so go. You guys, <laughs> you guys didn't go to the five story Zara. We did. That's where I got oh, two of did. the dresses. <laughs> yes. Okay. Awesome. I never saw pictures of that, so I didn't know. <laughs> yes, I need to send you pictures. They're super cute. But yeah. we went because we were like passing by, and I was like, "Oh, Taylor would be so mad at me if I did not go into the Zara." <laughs> so yeah, we sure. went in, and the prices were like so good, like. Yes, it was euro, and technically, like, the euro was worth more than the U.S. dollar when we, like, exchanged them. Um, but still, like, the prices were significantly less than they would be here even in the American dollar. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, the so, exchange rate, it was still, like, yeah. It was still less. It. Yeah. Math. And so, yeah, math. <laughs> There's a reason I do speech and language. Um. <laughs> But yeah, like the prices were so good. And so I ended up getting some clothes there and they were all like super cheap. Wonderful. I'm so yeah. happy for you. Yeah. I am. I'm just glad that it was like a good trip for you guys. Like five years. That's like a big deal. So I'm glad you guys yeah. got to go and you had minimal travel issues. Yes. I remember that one night, like the whole family yes. was just like travailing in prayer over your train. Yes. Okay, so the story behind that, sisters, is that I, me and Evan were stuck on a train with no air conditioning in the middle of nowhere for like three hours. It was one of the most miserable nights of my life. I don't know what happened. It was like a freak accident and we were going from... Naples to Rome and halfway there the 
it was like a lightning storm at the time and something happened and our train just like died. Like lights, air, everything just went out. And so the emergency light came emergency lights came on, but we were stuck like that for three hours, Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> I literally was just like sitting there, like Sarah, do not panic. You're gonna be okay. <laughs> Evan's gonna make sure that you're okay but I was sitting there and Evan would look at me and be like are you okay and I'm like I'm okay I just cannot move and I need to deep breathe right now because <laughs> I was like straight panicking because I was like I just want to get to Rome and it was like really late at night and so we were worried we weren't going to be able to get to Rome that night and we didn't have a room in Naples it was just a it was a mess but the family prayed and we were able to get to Rome that night Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> well, it was I'm glad other than that. It was a good trip, guys. Yes, it was absolutely wonderful. Um, so, Taylor, how are you doing? I feel like I've I've given the sisters an update about my life. How are you? What's going on? Good. I'm good. <laughs> I've... I... <laughs> Sarah knows. That's why she's laughing. I've just been so busy lately. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we kind of took a little more than a two-week break like we usually do between episodes. Um, we have just, I have not been able to find the time to write nor record. Mm-hmm. And I had posted like a little checklist of all the things I had on my schedule today on my close friend stories on Instagram and Sarah texted me and she was like, do you want to like not record tonight? Like, it seems like you have a lot. And I was like, Sarah, every day is like this. If I <laughs> have I canceled just because of my schedule, like we would never record. So yes. um, we are in our busy time at work. We're during, we are in the middle of our fall recruitment season. So I have a lot of events every night, like community events, school events, things like that, that I am going to for work and churches kind of getting a little bit busy just like with ministry stuff um move the mission offerings are due in like a week so I am gearing up for real McCoy stuff um in a couple of months planning the Michigan real McCoy weekend and then um we just I feel like I just kind of got over like what am I trying to say here? Like just got over the hump. Like I mm-hmm. finished my big event um last Saturday, our fall kickoff for work. It's like the biggest event that the membership department puts on every year and we got through that, uh, but right after that, so I got to the event space at like 6:30. I was there a little bit earlier just so I could sit in my car and mentally prepare prepare and pray and you know all of the things I left the event space at three immediately came home changed threw my stuff in the car because Blake was preaching in Indiana the next day other than that it's just I mean life has been so good um Mm. I just was kind of sitting back after I posted this on my story after NAYC and I am just like really in this season of just appreciating ministry and all of mm-hmm. all of the opportunities God has given us, even if they are exhausting sometimes, like mm-hmm. chaperoning NAYC. It <laughs> is very tiring, but it is so rewarding. So mm-hmm. it's been busy, but it's been good. So, okay. I thought of this earlier today and I wanted to ask you, yeah, is there like, so I don't have any notifications on my phone and it my phone is also perpetually on do not disturb yeah I know because I have to click notify anyway all the time it's annoying I'm like she's my sister she will be notified anytime I need to speak with her (laughs) yeah I love it you're like one of the very few people that's allowed to do that but um (laughs) Is there like any random app you have where you accidentally clicked like enable notifications when you downloaded it? Because mine is Yelp 
and I get oh. Yelp notifications like five to seven times a day. And I just can't bring myself to turn them off. Like I, every time I go to do it, I just forget what I'm, what I'm in my settings for. Oh, that's interesting. I do have one, but I don't know if it can be published <laughs> on a recording. Um, mine is Flow, the period apps. I was literally okay, just we're all that today. Here, it's okay. <laughs> I was legitimately thinking about that today because, um, so for. Those of our sisters that don't know, I have PCOS, and so I try to be, like, aware of my hormones and all that, and so I have the Flow app, and it, like, sent me a notification today, and I didn't realize I had my notifications on, and it said, like, you may be feeling happy today, because it was, like, talking about where my hormones are and stuff, and I was, like, okay, thank you, like, it was the most random notification, but it's so funny that you bring that up, because literally today that happened and I was like oh I guess I have my notifications on on my flow app <laughs> yeah and like there are sometimes where like I'll download an app accidentally click click enable notifications and then just delete the app and start over but I guess I forgot to do that with Yelp so it's like the one app that I have notifications for like not for Instagram not for Facebook literally yeah. not for anything yeah but I have one for Yelp for Yelp you can go in your settings and just, like, turn off the notifications. You know that, right? I'm going to do it right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Every time I go and do it, though, I forget. Oh, okay. That's so I'm literally funny. literally doing it as we speak. Yeah. I, like, a few years ago decided that I just wanted very minimal notifications on my phone because I have a tendency to, like – if my phone like pops up with some kind of notification, I have a tendency to like it catches my attention and I just like go and click on that app and to like check it and stuff. And so I felt like it was like causing me to be on my phone more. And so I turned like all my notifications off except for like text and like our church center app and stuff like that. But like all my social media and stuff, I don't have any notifications on and I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I'm that way too. I did turn off my notifications for Yelp. So this is what we call growth, sisters. Oh, and you were here for that, sisters. You were here in the moment that yeah. Taylor decided to get that done. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> okay, we can, dive, we can dive into our topic now, sisters. Let's do it. Okay. So, my sisters, this week, Taylor and I both felt like we needed to talk about doubt and faith. I feel like as human beings, we all struggle with times of doubt. But in those times, it is so important to know where to find your clarity and your confidence in the truth. Exactly. I think sometimes, as especially as seasoned Christians, we think that having thoughts of doubt means that we're doing something wrong or even sinful. But our goal for this episode is to go through some of the stories of the people who doubted in the Bible and encourage each of our sisters to find their faith and confidence in the Lord and His promises. So, Taylor... We're talking about doubt this week, and I don't know about you, but the first person that came to my mind when I was thinking about doubt is the disciple Thomas. We even refer to Thomas as Doubting Thomas sometimes. So little backstory, in John chapter 20, Jesus appeared to the disciples after rising to life again. He showed them his pierced hands, his side, and they were so happy to see him. Unfortunately, Thomas was not there when Jesus appeared, but when Thomas rejoined the others, they told him that they had seen the Lord. Then in John 20, 25 through 29, we read Thomas's response. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. 
Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I love that you brought up the disciple Thomas specifically because while reading through the Gospels, it was always so mind-blowing to me that the people who doubted Jesus were some of the people that were in his close inner circle. They were the people that walked right alongside him, watching him turn water into wine, watching him heal blind eyes, unstop deaf ears, and literally saw him be crucified and raised from the dead. The first story that came to my mind when we were discussing the topic of doubt was actually Jesus feeding the 5,000. In John chapter 6, verses 5 through 14, it says, When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test them, for he had already in his mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and he said, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in the place and they had sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled the 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After people saw the sign of Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Sarah, sometimes the disciples literally drive me crazy, just like you were talking about the Israelites a couple weeks ago, because just a few chapters before this, they witnessed Jesus turning water into wine, and then they get to this festival where no one has enough food, and they're like, Jesus, what are we going to do? 200 <laughs> denarii isn't even enough money to buy food for all these people, and this kid offered his lunch, but it's also not enough food, so I guess we're out of options here. And Jesus <laughs> just says, sit down and let me handle this. Yes. You act like you've not been here before. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I think the same thing. Like, there's so many times in the Bible where people are like filled with doubt and they're just like, what are we going to do? And Jesus is like, really? Like, <laughs> have you not been here? Like, do you not understand who I am yet? <laughs> you act like you didn't just see me literally turn water into wine. Um, yeah. <laughs> have you seen many other people do that? <laughs> Right, right. Do you think that I can do other things? Like, have a little faith, man. <laughs> exactly. So I feel like reading through these stories are so important through the lens of doubt because of a few reasons. One, it teaches us that we shouldn't doubt because obviously we serve a miracle working God. Two, it teaches us that even the disciples, the people that walked with Jesus and witnessed these miracles and the working power with their own eyes still had thoughts of doubt. And throughout each story we read about people in the Bible who have doubted, who have doubted God and his power, he never gave up on any of them. He mm -hmm. met them right where they were with peace and encouragement. Sisters, doubting is normal. It's going to happen at some point in our walks with God. In fact, it would be abnormal, especially if you are a brand new baby in Christ, to read through the Bible and go to Bible studies and not have one single question or doubt. That is so true. Like, as a human, 
we're prone to doubt sometimes, and that is completely normal. I agree with you, Taylor. I think it's healthy for us to ask questions and to have questions and to want to know who Jesus is, to want to know the truth. And we have to ask questions and be curious to figure that stuff out. The last part of the story of Thomas really impacts my heart. In those scriptures, Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. When I read that, I think of so many times where my human mind has had a hard time believing in God and believing in his abilities and his will in my life because I couldn't see it. And I find it so funny because we're over here talking about the disciples and we're like, why didn't you just see it? Why didn't you just know? Why didn't you just have faith? But Taylor, I cannot tell you how many times someone could have said that about me. Like, you know who God is. You know his abilities. You know what he has done for you. You know he is always working for you and he has planned out your life. Like, why can't you just trust it? Why can't you just see it? I think of so many times where I couldn't see the plan coming together or I didn't realize all of the things that God was working on. And so I lived in doubt. I lived unsure if God even cared or if he was even real. And I feel like that is a doubt that we don't really talk about, right? Where I feel like all of us have been in a situation or have had a time in our lives where like we think, is God even real? Is this a real thing? I think it's healthy that we have those questions because God can prove himself to us. We can grow in our faith. We can learn him. We can be open-hearted and open-minded. And Jesus will always answer those questions. He will always show up. He will always show you who he is. And he is your God. Sisters, today as we talk about doubt, I want you to know that if you've struggled with doubt, you are not alone. Taylor and I could probably spend the whole next hour telling you story after story of times when we have struggled with doubt in our own lives. And from my own personal experience, when I've struggled with doubt, I can tell you that doubt feels scary. It feels scary when I let it seep into my mind and seep into my heart. And I feel like when I let doubt in, I feel like it starts attacking the things in my life that I have placed my faith in and my trust in, such as my relationship with God, my identity in Christ, and even my ability to do the things that God has called me to do. When preparing for this episode, I researched scriptures about doubt, and James chapter 1 verses 5 through 8 really caught my attention. These scriptures say, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Sisters, these scriptures describe a person who doubts as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind, double-minded and unstable in all his ways. I don't know about y'all, but when I read that, I can remember time and time again when I have struggled with doubt and I have felt like that description. I have felt unsure. I have felt unsteady and unstable. I felt like a wave being tossed around and unable to find my sure footing. But as I keep reading in James chapter 1, I see that verses 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then in verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, 
he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. In other translations, the word endures and endurance is used in the place of steadfast and steadfastness. So sisters, y'all know I am a words girl. So, of course, I'm going to look up those words. I'm going to look up the Greek translations. I'm going to look up definitions and synonyms and antonyms and all the things. So, of course, I looked up these words. I researched these words. And words like persevere and stand my ground, unwavering, faithful, committed, dedicated, loyal, and devoted all came up when I was researching these words. Sisters, we are taught in James 1 that doubt causes us to be double-minded and unstable in all of our ways, but steadfastness and endurance in our faith causes us to be perfect, complete, lacking nothing, and causes us to receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Sisters, I feel like in James chapter one, we are taught that when we face difficult situations and trials in life, we have two choices. We can choose to allow doubt to infiltrate our hearts and our minds, or we can choose to remain steadfast in our faith and in who God is and in who we are in him. I know we say this all the time, sisters, but I absolutely love that you brought this up, Sarah, because as you know, my sister, I am currently facing a situation that has not necessarily been the easiest thing I've ever walked through. It's not been the hardest, but it's definitely not been the easiest, and ashamedly, it has caused me to doubt God's hand and his power in my life over the past few months. And this is why I love doing this podcast so much because we are truly learning right alongside mm-hmm. our sisters. Like we're not doing this because we we have all the answers and we want to let you know, like we're doing this podcast because we also want the answers and we want to do research and we want to pray and we want to dive into God's word so that we can help our other sisters as we're learning and going through these Mm -hmm. topics. I remember the day before I had brought this episode topic up to Sarah and it had just been an incredibly rough week for me. I remember praying and asking God to show me his hand in this because I was having some serious doubt infiltrate my thoughts. I remember after I had sent Sarah a text asking for prayer because I genuinely didn't know what else to do at that point after the week I had had. And I'm going to be honest, it wasn't immediate that my doubts had left my mind. It happened gradually after days of prayer and seeking God and reading his word and diving into this topic of doubt so that I was able to overcome it. And I remember the night that I texted Sarah and I was just like, I, I'm out of options. Like, I, I don't know what to do anymore. I just need prayer. I am just, I feel so defeated right now. Also, let me preface this. I am fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> it's just like not a super fun situation to go through. But mm-hmm. I remember the night I texted Sarah, I couldn't sleep. I was I was literally tossing and turning in my bed. I was praying. I had gotten up. My husband was sound asleep. Like I had gotten up. I went downstairs, sat in my prayer chair. And I was just like, God, like, when is it going to get better? Like, when, when are you going to see me through this? I'm just tired of waiting. <laughs> and he brought me back to a situation a few years ago. And he was like, did it get better? And I was like, yes, God, obviously it got better. Like I'm here. And then he brought me back to a situation that I went through a couple years ago. And he asked me, he said, did it get better? And I was like, yes, God, Mm -hmm. obviously it got better. Like, why are you, we're talking about this situation. And I promise this is how I talk to God. I'm not making this up. Yes. I talked to him. He was just my friend sitting right next to me. And he brought me back to Mm -hmm. a situation a year ago. And he, he asked me and he said, did it get better? Like, are you here now? Did it, did all of those situations get better? Did I bring you to this point that you're at now? And I said, yes, God, but this, 
is taking way longer than those situations have ever taken. Like this feels like I've been going through this for like a year at this point. And mm-hmm. he just reassured me that the reason those things got better was not anything like I could have done on my own, but it was, and not even that they magically resolved themselves. It was, he renewed my mind and renewed my spirit because I stood on his word and I stood on the promises of God through those situations. And eventually, like not all at once, not immediately, eventually they did get better. And he did see me through and I am where I am today because I I grew through those tough seasons and I grew through standing on his word, even when it felt like there was no way out. Sisters, I feel like through praying about this episode, God spoke to me about where doubt was ultimately rooted from. Doubt at its core is rooted in fear, fear that things won't work out fear that we've been forgotten, and fear of the unknown. Like you said earlier, Sarah, doubt is scary, and it can start attacking things in our life that we once stood very strong in. I feel like it's so important to mention that these feelings of doubt and fear do not come from God. These are truly lies from the enemy. And sisters, please hear me when I say that God doesn't expect us to understand everything. And we're probably not going to understand everything until we go on to glory someday. But he does expect us to trust him and to trust that his ways and his plans and his will are perfect, no matter what our level of understanding is at the moment. And I'm so thankful that throughout the entire Bible, the Lord gives us promises of peace when we face times of immeasurable doubt. And I wanted to just read through some of the promises of God that the Lord gives us throughout the Bible. John 14 and 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Psalm 27 and 1 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, whom shall I be afraid? And Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2 says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I'm also so thankful that because of these promises of peace, we are able to walk in confidence that God is in complete control over every situation we walk through, over every thought of doubt or fear that may come our way. And in First mm-hmm. Peter chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And then God of all grace who called you to to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will him himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. It can also be so easy for us to fall into a tailspin of what ifs when we are dealing with seasons and thoughts of doubt and fear and anxiety and all of the things that come with doubt specifically. What if I don't find the right job? What if I end up alone? What if I go to the wrong college? What if I fail this class? What if I missed out on my purpose? What if I'm not good enough or smart enough? And the list can go on forever. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, it says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mindset on the spirit's desires. 
The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is peace. And in Romans 8 and 28, it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And I love these verses so much because it just reassures the fact that doubt and fear do not come from God. And God will never give you thoughts of fear or doubt to try and deter you from doing doing something to try and deter you from going to one college versus the other or having one job versus the other. That's not how God operates. If God doesn't want something to happen, it's just simply not going to happen. He's not going to fill you with fear to try and sway you either way. God cares about your fears. He cares about your doubts. He cares about your anxious thoughts. And when we have those things, it's normal. But What matters is that we take them to God. We place them in his hands and we follow his will. We follow his word. We follow his truth and we trust in him. We place our faith in him. Sisters, over and over again, the Bible tells us that we can take our doubt and our fear to God. Have faith in him and he will help us. He will be there for us and he will make away for us. So I'm going to read some scriptures that go along with that truth. So Psalm 34 and 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Psalm 56, 3 through 4 says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And Luke 12.6-7 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. Sisters, I know doubt is so easy to fall into, but remember how valuable you are to the Lord. You don't have to live in fear and in doubt because you can place your trust and your faith in the one true God. Sarah, I just wanted to read one more verse that my therapist actually read to me in one of our sessions, and it genuinely changed how I view fearful and anxious and doubtful thoughts. So the verse is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, and it says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments in every presentation that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Sisters, whenever feelings of doubt, fear, anger, or even anxiety start to arise in my mind, I love reading these verses, closing my eyes, and visualizing physically taking these thoughts captive, like grabbing them in my hands and bringing them to the feet of Jesus. And he helps me through the rest. He helps me process that thought and he helps me and guides me through scriptures on how to work through these feelings. And I also love these verses so much because it talks about how the weapons we use to fight our spiritual battles have the power to demolish strongholds. Because the word demolish means to tear down, overthrow, and destroy. We want to demolish the thoughts we have of fear and doubt that are potentially leading us away from Christ or tricks of the enemy trying to distract us from the things of God. And we don't want to give those thoughts any chance to stand in our mind. Taylor, I love that you shared that with me and with all of our sisters, because it's some practical advice 
that we can use whenever we do have those feelings of doubt and of fear. And like you, I have struggled with fear and anxiety in my life. And whenever you were saying that, like taking the thought captive, bringing it to the feet of Jesus, comparing it to his word, praying for God to help you with those feelings, help you just work through those situations like that is some of the best practical advice that we can give i just love everything that you just said because it is it is just so important that we bring everything that we're feeling and everything that we're experiencing to god so recently i have been reading in joshua and joshua was the leader of the israelite people after moses passed away and He led the Israelite people into many battles to obtain the land God had promised to them. I've noticed as I have been reading in Deuteronomy and in Joshua that God tells Joshua over and over again to be strong, be courageous, to not be afraid because God tells him that he is with him and that he will never leave or abandon him. And when I say that God says this over and over again, I really mean that. Like I have gone through and just highlighted every single time God has spoken those kind of words to Joshua. And it is just multiple times God is just speaking this truth into Joshua's life. And sisters, when I read God reassuring Joshua with these words multiple times, I am reminded that we live for a God who loves us and wants to reassure us. He wants us to know without a shadow of a doubt that he loves us, that he is with us, and that he will never leave or abandon us. He wants us to stand firm and strong in those words and to have courage knowing that he is always with us. Then as I continued reading in Joshua about the battles that he and the Israelite army faced, I read in Joshua chapter 10 when the Israelites defeated some of their enemies. In Joshua chapter 10 verse 25 it says, Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid or discouraged. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord will do this to all the enemies you will fight. Sisters, what God spoke into Joshua's heart so many times, he ultimately used to speak into the Israelites' hearts through Joshua. God told Joshua countless times to be strong and courageous because he was with him. And Joshua was able to not only have faith in those words for himself, but he was able to share that truth and faith with the Israelite people. Sisters, believing in God and having faith in him and his word matters. I know that doubt can seep into our hearts and our minds at times, but when we decide to choose to have faith and believe in God and his truth over our doubt, I find it so beautiful that that choice not only impacts us and our lives, but also the lives of those around us. In this example, we can see that God can use the faith that we have in him to help others and to teach others about having faith in him. I just think that that is absolutely beautiful because our faith can impact the world around us. It can impact the people around us. So sisters, choosing to have faith in God and his truth over your doubt matters and it is more impactful than we could ever realize or understand. That was beautiful, my sister. I have loved researching doubt and faith this week, Taylor. Like as I have researched it, I feel like just like you were saying earlier that we are learning right along with our sisters. I feel like we say that all the time, but I feel like I can't say it enough. You know, like I feel like there's so many times whenever doubt creeps in or fear creeps in and God has just opened my eyes so much to what doubt is and 
faith and having faith in him and what that looks like. And it has just been so beautiful. So I just, I just want to say, I love doing this podcast and I have loved researching this topic and being able to share it with all of our sisters this week. I've loved it too. And when you said like, God wants all of our thoughts, like it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what they are. Like he is not going to condemn you for being fearful mm -hmm. or being angry or being doubtful. Like God wants them all. And I struggled with that so much because I have been living for the Lord for 25 years of my life. Like I felt like I should know that God is in my situation. I felt like I, there's no room for me to doubt. Like I have 25 years of experience in this. Yeah. But this second, like literally last week, when I texted you or the day after I texted you about this, like the second I asked God to show me where he was in this because I was having doubts. Like I did not see his hand in the situation that I'm going through whatsoever. And I brought that to God and I said those words out loud. I felt a complete release of mm -hmm. all of my doubt, all of my fear and all of like every bit of anxiety I was having over this situation. Yeah. And I felt complete peace for the first time in months because I truly think that's all God wanted it here. Like he just wanted me to give all of my true feelings, like even the things that I was trying to conceal because I thought that I had to have it all together. Mm -hmm. Like he just wanted all of my feelings about the situation. He wanted every little bit of it. Yes. Yes. I, I love that because that's something that I've struggled with too. Like I've lived for God my whole life. I should have it all together. I should automatically have faith. I should not, you know, struggle with doubt or fear or anxiety or anything else, you know, like at this point I should have it all together. Right. And right. that is so untrue. Like, that is perfectionism. That is not from God. You know, like God knows that we're human. He knows that we're going to make mistakes. He knows that we're not perfect, but he is perfect. And he over mm -hmm. and over and over again in his word tells us exactly what to do when we are feeling all those things, right? It says like, cast your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. You know, like it tells you, over and over again, fear not for I am with you. That doesn't mean like you're never going to be afraid. You're never going to be anxious. You're going to be perfect from here on out. No, it means I am with you so you don't have to fear. So when you do feel those fears, remember that I'm with you. Remember to mm -hmm. give that fear to me because I'm going to give you peace because I am with you. And so I just love what you said about like, it's not shameful to feel things. It's not shameful to feel anger or fear or doubt or depression or anxiety or anything. It's about what you do when you do feel them. Where are you going to go? Are you going to just dwell in it or are you right. going to give that to God? Are you going to search his word? Are you going to pray over it? It's just so important how you react and what you do after you feel those things like I can't even understand basic math most of the time like God isn't expecting us to understand all of the ways of the creator of the literal universe it's okay yes. to have these doubts yes. we promise sisters yes and like questions are healthy like it's important that we're curious about God and that we want to know about him. We want to know about his truth and all that he's done for us. And so it's just about making sure to find those answers in his truth. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. So my sister Taylor, what are you learning about right now? So we've talked a lot about what God is teaching us spiritually and like the kind of seasons that we're in in our life right now. So let's go practical this week. Um, I am learning that I don't have to clean my entire house in one day. So <laughs> we, when we first got married, we lived in an apartment. It was very small. Um, mm-hmm. Lakeshore rent in Michigan is expensive. So <laughs> let's just 
put it that way. Our apartment was like 900 square feet. It took me maybe two and a half hours to clean the place from top to bottom. So when we moved into our house, we obviously upsized. And I (laughs) thought that I had to clean my entire house again in like two and a half hours, the same amount of time that I was cleaning our apartment in. And also, I will just preface, like, Blake definitely helps around the house. Like, I yeah. like all of the cleaning is not up to me. But uh, I was also not working when we lived in our apartment. So hmm. I didn't have much going on during COVID. So I spent a lot <laughs> of my time cleaning. Um, so we – and I, I enjoy cleaning. Like, I enjoy deep cleaning. I like the satisfaction of cleaning my own house. But I was driving myself crazy over the past few months, like, trying to get my entire house cleaned every Friday – and then keep it clean throughout the week. But like we were out of town almost every weekend the past like three months and we were on vacation and then we were at youth camp and then we had NAYC and I was finally like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. I'm just going to clean one room at a time. And it has been wonderful. Like it has, it has taken so much stress out of my life. Like, I get to Friday in my house. Like, I usually did my resets on, like, Friday, like, my home resets so I can enjoy my Mm -hmm. clean house over the weekend. But I get to Friday, my house is, like, the same amount of clean. I just have to, like, sweep and stuff. So, yeah, I'm learning that, like, cleaning my house one room at a time throughout the week is a lot less stressful than trying to clean my entire house in, like, a finite amount of time on Friday afternoons when I got off work. I love that. I love that. That's really good, like, practical advice because it is true. Like, I feel like when I get in that cleaning mode, I feel like I have to clean my whole house, but it takes too long, you know? And so then it's almost like I feel like I can't get it done because I don't have three hours to get it done. So I love that. Like, just cleaning a room at a time. I'm going to have to try that for sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what I'm learning about right now is – learning to have like confidence in myself, like in everyday life, like at my job or at church or at different like leadership opportunities and stuff like that. Like, I feel like we've talked about confidence in the past on the podcast and I've just been really like working on that. And I feel like in the past I would have like a fear of failure or like have a fear of not being good enough or not being able to do something And so I would just almost not go for things, but I have been trying to be like more confident in myself and more courageous and know that like just God is with me in whatever I do. And so I've just been like putting myself out there. I've like signed up for some leadership opportunities at my job and in ministry at church. I've been like taking more chances and I've been involved in certain things and One thing that me and Evan are doing right now is we're hosting a hyphen conference at our church in September. And so just being like confident and just like going for things that I feel like God has placed on my heart and just believing that he's with me and that he'll guide me, but just going ahead and like taking those chances and just believing in myself and knowing that God is going to be with me like wherever I go. So that's kind of what I've been learning about right now. It's a little spiritual, but it's a little practical, but just just being really confident in myself and in who I am and taking chances. <laughs> I love that so much. I have been this is kind of strange. Like I feel like I haven't been on Pinterest in a long time, but I was really bored one day and I was just scrolling through Pinterest and I went down this like rabbit hole of like confidence quotes like it's okay if like what (laughs) I'll just have to like read some of them that I have found like I pinned all of them I don't remember the last time like I pinned something and it's okay this one I literally saved it to my phone like that's how oh my goodness this is so crazy that like yeah that's what I've been learning about and this is what you've been studying (laughs) on Pinterest (laughs) yeah um so this one just says reminder slow progress is still progress just keep going and 
this one mm. I love. Like this is like I want this to be my screensaver, um, my screensaver on like everything, um, because this I've based my value off of this for a long time. But it says your value is not based on your productivity, and all of these quotes are just being about like being confident in yourself and like. I obviously view them from the point of like who God made you and who God made you to be. Like you're not, God didn't create you to be this machine of productivity. He created you because he wanted you and like he gives you the like desires of your heart. Like he gives, he gives you the skills and the wisdom and everything you, everything you want to do with the confidence of the Lord. So I love that so much. Yes. And like, I feel like since I've been reading Joshua, like, just over and over again, God says to Joshua, like, be strong and courageous for I am with you, you know? And so I've been kind of like adopting that into my own life where I know God is with me. I know he's going to open certain doors and he's going to close certain doors. And so I have just told myself like, Hey, be strong, be courageous, put yourself out there, be confident in yourself because God's with you. He's the one that's going to give you the ability. He's the one that's going to lead you. And so that's so funny that you've been like, looking up confidence quotes and that's something that I'm working on too (laughs) this is what you're gonna have to do you need to go and find like your top three and then after we share this episode you'll have to share your top three on the so my sister Instagram page okay I will (laughs) we love y'all and we're praying for y'all and we hope that you love this episode love ya bye So my sisters, we loved diving into the word of God with you this week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at So My Sister and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell us what you like about our podcast. 